everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Speak to the Beak. I am Tim the Ferds, flying solo out here on July 20th. Alright, so some teams reporting to, I guess, the NFL facility, whatever team they are. Uh, some pretty big news today, unfortunately. Cam Akers, season-ending Achilles injury, we're going to talk about that. Um, and obviously, if you were here last week, you know uh, we're here for a divisional preview, so... Last week we did the NFC West, which of course we did because I do a divisional preview and then Cam Akers gets hurt immediately after. So I'll, I guess I'll kind of take a brief minute to go back over the Rams' outlook, uh, Cam Akers' injury, what it means for him, the Rams, fantasy football. Um, we'll talk about that. And then obviously today we will be doing the NFC South. All right, so you got the defending champion, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady's over there. Uh, the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons. Uh, if you missed last week, we're going to give you a game on a schedule I really like. We'll give you some fantasy nuggets. We'll kind of recap the offseason because uh, obviously not everyone is in full-blown football mode. Uh, so we'll kind of get you back on track there. Um, NFC South is pretty straightforward, but that's kind of what we got for today. Uh, but before we start, you know, the usual stuff. If you're on YouTube, I'm going to need you to subscribe to the channel like the video, share the video with your friends. Um, like I said before on other pods with either Keith for baseball and Joe for hockey, if you know you're a loyal listener and you want to request a topic or a team, we can make that happen because obviously as of right now we're pretty small, so trying to tailor the show to the people that listen or watch. That's number one. Number two, if you're on Spotify or Apple, obviously... Uh, you know, like the podcast, share the podcast, rate and review, subscribe, follow, you know, whatever it is you do there. Um, that's the second thing. Obviously, follow at Beak Brands on social media, so Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Like I've said before on previous shows, um, the Beak Brands content automatically gets posted to Facebook and Twitter, so that might be your best bet if you're an instant gratification person. Uh, Instagram, obviously, we post to there as well. Uh, when we release new content, uh, that's your best way probably to communicate with me if you're looking for, uh, you know, different thoughts on topics. And obviously, like I said, check out the website, beakbrands.com. Written content is up there. I'm still doing baseball stuff, so the waiver wire column normally comes out on Thursdays. We've had some pretty big hits on there lately, just uh, throwing it out there. Um, and like I've said before, starting next week, uh, well, actually a week from today, but by the time you hear this, it'll be Wednesday. So in less than a week, our 32 and 32 series will be, I guess, kicking off for the NFL season. Uh, we're going to rotate teams, go one at a time. We'll give you major offseason news, a storyline to look out for, games on their schedule, obviously fantasy information, our expectation for the team, you know, betting picks for that team, obviously, because, you know, there are some pretty good values out there right now. Uh, so definitely check that out starting next week. So if you do a couple of those things for me, that would be great. Um, but without further ado here, we're going to get into it. So first thing up, we're going to start with Cam Akers. So ruptured his Achilles. He's out for the year. As soon as I saw it, I was like, well, one, that's terrible because you hate when guys get injured, uh, especially Achilles because that, that's the, the normal career ender, quote unquote, uh, especially for explosive players. You know, a lot of people are comparing it on Twitter to uh, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, not a running back, does not need to run people over. 
two totally different things going on there. And Durant basically took like two years off, which Akers is not going to do. Um, I'm not a doctor. There's a lot of, you know, medical people on Twitter there you can get injury analysis from. All I know is Achilles and PCL, you're done. That's basically it. Um, you're never the same guy after that, which is unfortunate, but he is super young. He's like 22 or 23 years old. So I guess we'll kind of see what happens for him. Obviously, he's done for the year. So let's look at it from an NFL point of view first. Um, you know, If you listen to last week's episode, you know that I'm big on the Rams this year, but I said like they're super top-heavy, and one injury could cripple this whole thing. Um, they're getting thin at running back already. The only other running back on the team who's like a legitimate option is Daryl Henderson. Um, and to be honest, I don't even know who their third-string running back was because they let Malcolm Brown go. So we're going to just pull that up on the fly here. You would think I would have looked that up ahead of time, but that would make too much sense. Too much sense. Uh, you got Xavier Jones. I don't know who that is. And Jake Funk. I don't know who that is either. Um, so you're not looking at much and uh, you know, behind Henderson and what was Akers. Uh, I think the Rams obviously need to running back. Like need to add someone in the room. Henderson is not a guy built to carry the ball like 20 to 25 times a game. There are some veterans out there. Uh, I doubt Todd Gurley is back in LA after that. How that ended. So if I was gonna randomly guess a running back, like AP looked like he had some fresh legs, but I don't know what Sean McVay is gonna do. Um, someone brought up before, you know, one of my buddies. Like, do you think they call Jacksonville for James Robinson now that they have Travis Etienne? I guess it's a possibility, but, you know, are you really going to deal with Urban Meyer? I don't really know because uh, no one really knows what's going on there. But obviously, you know, not good for the Rams' prediction that I was on last week, uh, thinking they were going to be a game or two better than basically every team in their division. Because, um, you know, the Rams are clicking when they can run the ball well. Now, obviously, Stafford's going to make up for that, but... You know, it just sucks. This, this poor guy gets to trade it from Detroit to L.A., finally has a complete team, and then is running back on, like, the first day of practice is done for the year. So uh, that's just brutal. I think the Rams would, you know, be fine still. They'll, they'll add somebody in. Uh, let's just spin it to fantasy real quick. This is going to sound terrible, but, I, like, of course, out of all the guys, this is the guy that had to go out and get hurt. You know, he was going... You're probably saying, why would you say that? Yeah, well, he was going in, like, the second round, which is ridiculous to me. Uh, he was going in, like, the Austin Eckler, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Antonio Gibson range. Um, what he did to belong there, I'm not really sure. Because are you really going to trust a Sean McVay running back or whatever? The answer is no, I'm not. Um, and I was really banking on every single person or every league that I'm in, there's always one guy that grossly overdrafts these guys who have like five good games to end the previous year. Uh, and Cam Akers definitely fell into that category. And I was like, wow, this is going to be great because someone's going to overdraft Cam Akers and I'm going to get someone who's actually good. That is no longer the case. Uh, the other terrible part, this, uh, you know, part about this for me was that Daryl Henderson was going as running back 48, 143 overall. That's not going to happen anymore. Henderson's going to skyrocket probably into the top 20-ish running backs, give or take, uh, especially if they don't sign anyone like right this second. 
So now Henderson's going to be the guy that's grossly overdrafted because I don't trust him either. We, we saw that show already last year. Um, as someone who in a 16-team league basically had to go modified zero running back, it's a brutal existence counting on people like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, not there. The real answer here is Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and Tyler Higby to the moon, and potentially Van Jefferson, but I'm not sure. Um, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup already going kind of high. Let's pull up their ADP here in... We'll do PPR leagues because I'm a big PPR guy. Uh, let's see. So Robert Woods is currently going as wide receiver 17, and Cooper Cup is currently going as wide receiver 21. So they're basically in the same spot. They're 10 picks away in terms of just people that are around them in ADP. Um, listen, Robert Woods helps control the middle of the field. So does Cooper Cup. I like Woods a little bit more because he can actually like stay healthy. Um, and then obviously... The other guy that I've been big on for a while is Tyler Higby. He's going tight end 16. And we know running backs and tight ends kind of take away from one another because um, they get, like, the check down space, you know, for lack of a better term there. Uh, with Akers gone, I would assume a little more passing work goes to Higby. And the only reason why I bring him up is because tight end is so irrelevant outside of Darren Waller, George Kittle, and Travis Kelsey that if you don't get one of those three, you might as well just wait, like, forever. Uh, and Higby might be a guy that you can do, like, a little double tight end duo type of thing. Uh, so, uh, as of right now, you know, obviously, I don't know if I'm touching the Rams' backfield if I had a draft in the next, like, week, because you would take Henderson high, and they're they're definitely going to bring someone else in. You just don't, don't know who it's going to be. Uh, so, for me, I don't love the situation. <laughs> Uh, but luckily, I don't have any drafts in the next week, so bless up there. Uh, but we're going to move on here to the NFC South. And like I said, to kind of start the show here, if you missed last week's episode, we got a lot of content incoming. So let's just hop right into it. Divisional preview. We're going to start off with the Carolina Panthers. Recap of last year, they were terrible. Uh, they went 5-11. and and basically, once McCaffrey went down, the season was over. Uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was competitive for them. Like, he kept them in a lot of games, but their defense was just so bad, especially in the beginning of the season. And we expected that to happen because, uh, if you recall, not this draft, but the previous draft, Matt Rule's first draft as the head coach of the Panthers, he spent every single pick on defense. He knew the defense was bad. They ended up being bad, and obviously they gelled over the course of the season, but, you know, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. Um, and then eventually they just wore down. Uh, yet guys have pretty good years, though, with Robbie Anderson DJ Moore, so that was nice to see. Um, so let's kind of look at their offseason from this year, because obviously the Panthers did not do much last year. Uh, a couple of guys they brought in. Cam Irving and Pat Epline on the offensive line. That's massive because their offensive line was offensive. They were terrible. Um, they also just re-signed Moten to like a huge contract the other day. Uh, that's the offensive side of the ball. On defense, they added Morgan Fox, Hassan Reddick, Denzel Perryman, A.J. Boye, and J.C. Horn through the draft. Um, so they're still going to town, spending money on the defense there. And obviously, you don't really have a choice because the division you play in, the Saints are a pretty high-scoring team. Tampa obviously has, you know, dudes for days at skill positions. 
and the Falcons can't do anything right except for, you know, their skill position players. So, I mean, you really needed to fortify the defense. They did that. J.C. Horn should give them a lockdown number one corner. A.J. Boye used to be that guy. He could be your number two. I know they have Rashawn Melvin, too. He could be the three or vice versa, whatever. So they have guys in the secondary. Uh, Brian Burns is probably the most underrated defensive edge player like in the whole league. The guy's a beast. Um, so pairing him with some of these other guys up front should help them stop the run as well. Uh, so I really like what the Panthers did in terms of the defensive side of the ball. Um, and obviously the big move was they swapped Teddy Bridgewater for Sam Darnold. I don't know. I, mean, I, I like that they got a younger quarterback with more upside. Like, that part I like. I just don't know if Sam Darnold's the answer. Like, I get it. He was in New York. You know, we're a New York company, in case you're new to this thing here. He was in New York. Adam Gase is like the leader of the clown show. He basically had no weapons. He had no offensive line. It was just a terrible experience all around, you know, because you got to face Belichick twice a year. That's just a train wreck waiting to happen. Um, it was just not good. It was just not good. And I just don't know because I really like Sam Darnold coming out of the draft. And, like, he flashes his potential all the time, but then he goes out here and just throws the ball directly to the other team. Like, hits the DB in the chest, and it's just like, dude, what are you doing? Um, and I just don't know if that's something you can, like, coach out of a guy at this point. Because, obviously, you got to think his confidence is low after what just happened with the Jets. That's, and then you play in a division where you got to play Tampa twice a year. Their defense is incredible. Um, obviously the Saints lost a lot of guys on defense and the Falcons don't believe in defense, so he should have good games against them. But, like, is he really that much of an upgrade, like, right away? I don't really know if he is. Um, he does have long-term potential, but I did like the move from an NFL standpoint where you go get a young quarterback, who I'm assuming Matt Rule liked. Um, if he's terrible, you just draft a quarterback next year. And if he ends up being good, you got him for like, you know, 60% of what it would have cost if he was, you know, coming in through the draft like this year. So a really good move by the Panthers. I just don't know if it's going to work for them or not. I'm leaning towards no, obviously. Uh, the other guy they lost was Mike Davis. Um, just throwing that in there, back up to Christian McCaffrey. He was pretty good fantasy purposes. He actually stayed in division. Uh, we're going to talk about him a little bit later. But obviously, Darnold is the key here for the Panthers. Um, and that's going to go right into my storyline for them, which is, can Matt Rule revitalize Sam Darnold's career? And Because if you don't, you need a quarterback. And like I just said, you know, for me, it tends to be no. Like, he's got a lot of talent. I just don't trust him after what I've been watching. You know, my dad's a diehard Jets fan. Obviously, like I said, we live in New York. We get every Jets game. Watching this man play is painful because you have some plays where it's just like, yo, this is the guy right here. And then you have some plays where it's just like, are you even looking where you're throwing the ball? Like, so, and I, you can look at his numbers and I get it. He didn't have a coach. I think you just have to throw all that out because if you can't go back to coming out of the draft, Sam Darnold, because he's a c c completely different guy right now. But I just don't know what guy you're getting which is why the Panthers, I kind of have them stagnating from where they were last season. Um, which brings me to my favorite game on their schedule, 
And it's the very first week of the season. Because guess who they get to play? The New York Jets. Which means Sam Darnold, in his first start for the Panthers, gets to play against his old team. Uh, now, obviously, Adam Gase and all those guys are gone who brought him in. Joe Douglas is there with Robert Sala. Um, but, I mean, could we have drawn this up any better, people? Because, obviously, New York, huge market. And if Darnold lights up the Jets week one, like, it's going to explode here in New York. Like, it's going to be a glorious day. Because, obviously, I'm not a Jets fan. So, whether he does poorly or does well, I don't really care. Um, so you get to see Zach Wilson go against Sam Darnold the very first week of the season, and I love that. Com totally love that. Um, so that leads me to, uh, this is a ton of Jets connections in this podcast, uh, which I didn't realize till just now. A fantasy player I really like this year for the Panthers at his current ADP. If you don't know what ADP is, it's average draft position, uh, in case you're a noob to this. Uh, Robbie Anderson, currently going as wide receiver 34. So if you're in like a 12-team league, he's like a low-end wide receiver three. Um, and the 81st player off the board, like in totality. Listen, he's reunited with Sam Darnold, man. Like instant chemistry. I'm a big fan of that. Obviously, everyone knows when a quarterback or a receiver changes teams, they take some time to build chemistry. It's not going to take him any time because they were on the same team for a while. They are back on the same team. Uh, and obviously, we saw Robbie Anderson like kind of go off to start last season. Um, let's see if we can pull up his stats real quick. Robbie Anderson last year had 95 receptions on 136 targets for over 1,000 yards. And you're getting them at wide receiver 34. I mean, you can't go wrrong with that. You're talking about upside a thousand yards out of your wide receiver three. You could sign me up for that. And like I just said, I mean, the Panthers defense has gotten better, but it's going to take some time to gel. I mean, we've seen it where teams bring in a ton of guys, they don't gel right away. And this is, you know, you can get Robbie Anderson as in some leagues, maybe a fourth receiver depending on how you draft, and his upside is immense. So big fan of that. Uh, the other reason why I had to pick Robbie Anderson for this because you really have a choice otherwise because McCaffrey's going one overall, so he's not really a value. And the only other player on the team that you might consider drafting is DJ Moore. I'm not, 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 not might consider. That you will draft is DJ Moore. He's going above Robbie Anderson. So that gives you a choice of Robbie Anderson, McCaffrey's backup, Chubba Hubbard, or Dan Arnold. So basically it was Robbie Anderson by default, but he does have some good value. Um my expectations for them, I have them still pegged for five or six wins. Because like I just said, I don't trust Sam Darnold. I just want to keep preaching this, though. Joe Brady will become the next coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. Because I have a feeling that Darnold will turn this on towards the end of the year. Zach Taylor will get fired. Joe Brady will leave the Panthers. I just want to put that out as many episodes as I can so I can go back and say I was right. Um... So let's go to the next team, Atlanta Falcons, another team that was just terrible last year. They were 4-12. and I can't stand the Falcons. If you listen to anything that I record or, you know, read stuff that I write, I can't stand them. Because every time I pick them to win, they lose. And every time I pick them to lose, they win. And I just can't get over it. Uh, for some reason, I just can't figure the Falcons out. 
I have stopped betting on the Falcons. I don't want anything to do with the Falcons. You know, I could tell you right now they're going to go 5-12 and 12 and they'll win 12 games. And if I tell you they're going to win 10 games, they'll win one. So I don't really know what's going on with them. Uh, but back to last season, their defense was dreadful. Uh, Dan Quinn got fired. They did not have a running game. Uh, you know, it was tough to watch. It was almost like watching flag football. There was no defense and there was no running. We were just airing it out every play. So good for fantasy if you had a pass catcher on the Falcons. Uh, bad for basically anything else real life-wise there. So there you go. Uh, some players that they added this offseason, my boy Cordaro Patterson. Love that guy. Special teams ace. He could do a bunch of different things. Uh, Mike Davis, who I mentioned before, came over from Carolina. He's basically the only other running back on the roster, so you don't really have a choice but to give this man the ball. Is he going to hold up? I don't really know. Um, and obviously the big one, they drafted Kyle Pitts in the top five of this year's draft. He's, you know, a super, super highly rated tight end prospect. Um, and he should fill in right for Julio Jones, who they traded to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, we're going to talk about Julio in a second. They also lost Alex Mack, their center, Ricardo Allen, and Keanu Neal. So they did have some swapping on both sides of the ball there. So let's start with Julio Jones. They traded this man for free, basically. Um, I don't know why. I mean, well, I know why. He's an aging wide receiver. He kind of wanted out more money. Like, I get it. But, I mean, you gave him away for nothing. So I'm not really sure what's happening there. I mean... I'm on the Julio is, like, slightly overrated train. Because um, I know he's never, like, injured, but he always has a nagging injury. And, like, I, he plays through it and then does nothing. So, like, you're better off just not playing, in my opinion. But whatever. It is what it is. Uh, and he also is, like, allergic to scoring touchdowns. Like, he will go, like, eight weeks without scoring a touchdown. Then he'll have, like, you know, five and three games. And it's like, wow, he's back. And then he won't score a touchdown for another year. So, I, I don't know. Um I think they got rid of him at the right time. They just didn't get enough back for him. Uh, but the main storyline this year is not really about Julio. It's, is Matt Ryan done and can Arthur Smith actually coach? I don't think Matt Ryan at this point is a great quarterback. I, he like peaked out at like pretty good. Um, he definitely has not been the same guy since Kyle Shanahan left to start coaching the 49ers. Can Arthur Smith turn him around like he did for Ryan Tannehill? I don't really know, because uh, I don't really know if Arthur Smith can actually coach, because it's a lot easier to coach when the other team has to put eight guys in the box to stop Derrick Henry, and you basically have one-on-one -on -one everywhere else. Um, I don't have high hopes for the Falcons, clearly, um, but they should be exciting because they could score. You still got Matt Ryan, you got Calvin Ridley, who's probably going to see close to 180 targets, and I'm not, like, making up that number. Like, they're going to feed this man the ball. Um, Kyle Pitts, hopefully, does something this year. I know rookie tight ends normally take a while to kind of get going as good as they are. If they use him as, like, a glorified receiver, he's obviously going to have a better year this year. But if they actually, like, make him play tight end, I don't think he's going to be as good as people think, especially in year one. Uh, and basically, like on the offensive side of the ball, that's all they got. Their offensive line's not great. Um, on defense, their defense is still terrible. They basically have no corners and no pass rush. So it's going to be a long year for the Falcons. 
um, unless Arthur Smith is like an offensive genius. So what does that mean for my game of the year? That means my game of the year is week 16 at Detroit. And you're probably saying, why on God's green earth would you want to watch that? And the reason is that game, I mean, as we sit here on July 20th, that game could potentially decide who gets the first pick in the NFL draft. Because you got to think, who is going to be dreadfully bad this year? The Panthers have a chance to be dreadfully bad. The Falcons. The Houston Texans, we don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson, so we'll throw him in there. Uh, Jacksonville could still be bad, despite having Lawrence. Detroit. And the Jets. Maybe the Broncos. But, okay, we'll keep it to, like, five teams. So, I mean, and they're playing each other. And you know what? I probably should check to see if the Falcons are playing the Houston Texans because that would be a game-changer. Let's see. Do the Falcons play the Houston Texans? They do not, so that's a shame. Uh, but they do, like I said, they do play the Detroit Lions, and that could potentially land one of those teams the first pick in the draft if they lose the game. Uh, so definitely want to keep an eye out for that because I love, uh, you know, as being a former miserable fan for, like, the Kansas City Chiefs before we got Pat Mahomes, when you know it's the players are not going to tank, but you're like, please, for the love of God, can you just let us lose every game so we could get someone who could help us win? And uh, Jets fans know about this real well. Uh, every time you're really close to doing that, you do something stupid and you win a game that you shouldn't. That game on the schedule right there is going to be that game for both of those teams, I think. Um, and it's going to be a painful win for whoever wins it. So I'm really looking forward to that. A fantasy player I like at his current ADP. Mike Davis. Why am I saying Mike Davis? Well, like I just said, you don't. You basically have no options because Calvin Ridley is going as a top eight receiver, so you're not going to get any value there, even though he's going to be peppered with targets. Kyle Pitts is going really high for a rookie tight end, a little more, you know, a little too high for my liking. So Mike Davis is your only option. He's currently going as running back 27, but there he's the only guy on the depth chart. Like, it's literally just him. The next guy up is J.B. and Hawkins, who, if you're not an Atlanta Falcons fan, you have never heard of him. So Mike Davis it is. He might wear down, uh, but he's definitely going to give you a good return on investment from running back 27. He'll probably be a top 20 guy, so not bad. Uh, like I said, expectations. I don't think their defense is good. It normally takes rookie tight ends a while to get themselves going. I don't know if Matt Ryan, like what he's got left in the tank there. And obviously Julio is his guy. I think Arthur Smith is going to say, you know what? We'll play it out this year, see how it goes. If we're terrible, we'll grab a quarterback in the draft or let Matt Ryan go or whatever we got coming on here. So uh, I currently have them slated for five wins i could see it being six i could see it being three like i think they'll be a competitive five win team like they're not going to be dreadful where they can't get a first down like they're going to move the ball they're going to score they'll be exciting i just don't know if they have the personnel to like win close games which obviously might do them in uh, so we got two teams left here we'll go to the saints first uh so I'll recap of last year they made the playoffs after winning the division again. Uh, they beat the Bears in the wild card round. Then they got bounced by Tampa. Um, 
and that was the end of Drew Brees there. So some they did lose some guys. Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, Malcolm Brown, Alex Anzalone, Drew Brees. Um, we're going to talk about Drew Brees in a minute, but those are some pretty big pieces. Now, obviously, Sanders and Cook were kind of like complementary guys, but they're veterans. They know how to play in the like tight situations in the playoffs. Malcolm Brown, big run stuffer, ended up in Jacksonville. Um, they're hemorrhaging talent because I feel like the Saints have had cap problems for like an eternity. Um, Drew Brees is gone. They just gave Ryan Ramchek like a massive deal. Um, so like, you know, I think they're letting some defensive talent go and they're trying to retain as much offensive firepower as they can uh, to help prop up Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill, who we'll talk about in a minute. Um, let's just talk about some guys they added, then we'll kind of move on here. So like I just said, they kept Ryan Ramchek around, really good player. Uh, the only other guy they really brought in a free agency was K-Pass, uh, Tana Passanio from the Chiefs. Um, basically, he's been a bust since the Chiefs took him. I believe he went to Villanova, took him like the second round. He's been pretty terrible compared to where you drafted him at. Um, I'm sure he'll play a lot for the Saints. You know, pass rush specialist. He is good at that, setting an edge too. Um, but we'll shout out Tom Rupel here because obviously he is our another Beak Brands writer and he got the Saints for the 32 and 32 series. As he mentioned in their first three picks, they're all defensive players. So Peyton Turner, defensive end. Pete Warner, linebacker, and Paulson, Adebo, corner. So I think they let some older talent kind of go out and have some new guys come in. But like I said, I just don't know how well it's going to mesh. Um, but let's talk about Drew Brees. So obviously, franchise quarterback is gone. He's been there for basically my whole life as like a football fan, like remembering football. I mean, I'm old enough to know Drew Brees on the Chargers, but like the Drew Brees on the Saints is the much improved from what I remember of Drew Brees on the Chargers, not going to lie. Uh, so it's obviously big for the franchise to lose him, but now they have, you know, a decision to make. Um, and that's my main storyline for this season. Jameis Winston or Taysom Hill? Last year when Brees went down, it was Taysom Hill mainly who came in. I don't know if you can ride him for a full year. I think the Saints don't know, but they're like optimistic that that could be the case. Um, obviously, Jameis Winston, we know he can play. Uh, he's just like the glorified Sam Darnold. Like he'll, he'll throw for 4,000 yards and throw 30 picks, as we've seen before. Um, so that's my main storyline going into the season and throughout the season. Like, Which one of these guys is going to, one, start for the Saints? And two is whoever whoever wins that battle is going to be the starting quarterback next year for the Saints. I don't even think the Saints know the answer to that. It's exciting watching either one of them play because obviously with Jameis Winston, you never know what's going to happen because, I mean, he's a turnover machine. Um, with Taysom Hill, he's kind of like a unique guy where you went from Drew Brees, who was like a short pass game, like high efficiency type thing, to like we're gonna run the read option and get him out on naked boots and run quarterback power with Taysom Hill, you know. So and he could also play tight end. Um, so I mean, and, and special teams. Like I think Taysom Hill has more value to the Saints as a team as just you know opposed to just being the quarterback, which is why I personally think it's gonna be Jameis Winston. Uh, but 
I'm not totally confident in that. But if I had to put money on it right now, I'd go James Winston. Uh, my game of the year for them is Dallas Week 13. Why do I say that? Two teams that don't believe in defense sign me up. You know that when I'm watching a game with two teams I don't have a rooting interest for, I like points. That's why I can't watch the Bears because every game is like 17 to 13. It's exciting, but like I need you to score more than 20. These two teams will definitely do that. Um, and listen, that's gonna, that might decide a playoff spot. Because if Dallas does not win their division, and it goes to Washington, for example, that game could have a potentially huge tiebreaker in the wild card. So it's not just about points, but uh, that's the main reason why I'm going to be there. Uh, so my fantasy player that is a great value at his current ADP, there's only one right answer to this question on this team. Now, I know Tom went with Adam, Adam Troutman. He's going to be the new starting tight end, quote-unquote, for the Saints. Um... That is not the right answer. The right answer is Saints QB. And if you're not watching on YouTube, we put quotes around that. I don't know who it's going to be, but whoever it is is going to be amazing. And they're basically both free. All right, so as of right now, Jameis Winston is going as quarterback 27, pick 199 overall. All right, so free. And Taysom Hill is going as quarterback 31 pick 218 overall the guy who's getting drafted as of this right before him is todd Gurley, who is not on an nfl roster okay that's what we're doing here we're taking someone who's not on an nfl team before a potential starting quarterback for a high-powered offense now obviously it's tough because you don't know who it's going to be but if you're drafting early like i have some drafts early just not this not this week Saints QB is the way to go. Because if you get Jameis Winston, you know you're getting 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns. Now, you might also get 20 picks, but you're going to get a ton of yards and touchdowns. You get Taysom Hill, you're obviously not going to get the passing volume, but he's going to run for a ton of yardage, and obviously that's more valuable for a quarterback. So that's my fantasy player you want. It's just Saints QB, quote-unquote. Um, and my final expectation for the Saints I have them still being good because I'm not going to count out a Sean Payton team. I have them barely missing the playoffs. Uh, obviously, that could flip on a game or two. I think I have them winning 10 games. We could double-check here because, obviously, I pick every single game on the schedule. Yeah, I have them going 10-7. and seven. So I have them just missing the playoffs. Um, I mean, I guess it would come down to tie breaks. I have Minnesota getting the last spot as of right now. Things can change, but the Saints are right there. Um, so let's go to the last team. They, they, they should be quick. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Recap of last year. They won the Super Bowl. It was a terrible experience for me. I hated every second of it, but they won. Um, who did they lose from last year? Not a soul. <laughs> These guys literally went out here and kept every starting player from both sides of the ball from last season to this season, which is incredible. I just got to say, the Tom Brady effect is real. This man takes a pay cut. Every single dude on the team is out here taking a pay cut so they can keep everyone around. Obviously, I respect the hell out of that because winning is the most important thing. You know, good for them. Who did they add? Well, with that being said, they couldn't really add anyone because they just re-signed their whole roster. Uh, one guy to keep a potential eye on, I guess, would be Giovanni Bernard. Came over from Cincinnati. Really good pass catching back, you know, 
Leonard Fournette there, Lombardi Lenny, <laughs> and Ronald Jones. Don't have the best track record when it comes to being a receiving back. Uh, so, And obviously we've seen Tom Brady make every receiving back look like a god. So Gio Bernard might be the right answer there. Um, obviously the storyline for them. Is Tom Brady going to lead them the back-to-back Super Bowls? I sure as hell hope not. Uh, but, I mean, what? Do you, not that I'm a Tom Brady hater. But it's just like, Jesus, you know, this guy, how many Super Bowls do you need? All right, can you just take it easy? Come on. Um, listen, obviously Tampa's really good. Are they going to go back to the Super Bowl? I currently have them as being, like, incredibly good. Obviously, injuries can happen. They're a deep team, though. They're not top-heavy like the Rams. Um, and this division is kind of a joke. Like, there's no way Carolina or Atlanta challenges them. There's not a, no way. Um, and I don't know... If the Saints can beat them, now obviously, like for me, the Saints have been good despite Drew Brees being terrible the past two seasons. The guy literally cannot throw a ball further than 20 yards. So I think actually having Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston might help them, like open up the offense, because every team in the playoffs would just squat on the underneath routes, and Drew Brees literally couldn't throw the ball more than 20 yards downfield. Like if you watch it, especially that playoff game against the Vikings, it's just like, dude, you got to be better than this. Uh, so I think Winston and Hill will help them in that department. Like, you have to cover more of the field, but you're really losing the IQ there. I don't know if that's replaceable. Um, so let's just move on here. Tampa Bay's game of the year. Uh, it's going to be when they rematch the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Because hopefully this time, as a salty Chiefs fan, a little bit, uh, not too much. I mean, we got fucking killed. So, I mean, what are you going to do? Um, Chiefs have their offensive line. Hopefully they're intact then. Is it a lock? Tampa Bay makes it to the Super Bowl? No. So I guess if you're looking for a game that's on the actual schedule, has to be Tom Brady's return to New England, right? Gotta be. Uh, that's early on in the season, week four, I believe. Let's see. Uh, wish this was in order. Yes, yeah, so at New England, week four. What's it going to be like? I don't know. You ready have Patriots players saying they're not going to throw a celebration for Tom Brady? But the guy won like a million Super Bowls there. Obviously, him and Belichick are connected forever. Is Belichick going to pull out the game plan to show everyone how to beat Tom Brady? I don't know. Because, I mean, you got to think if there's one guy out there who knows how to stop Tom Brady, it's Bill Belichick. And don't be like, oh, you know, like his defense was really good last year when they were healthy. Right? And Bill Belichick was the guy who stopped the 49ers way back in the day when he was the D coordinator for the Giants. He stopped the greatest show on turf. He's made Pat Mahomes look like a mortal human being in multiple games. The guy can coach defense. like he's, That's his thing. He's really good at it. I don't know if he has the personnel to keep up with Tampa, but if there was ever a time... Like, I don't know if Belichick's pissed at him. Like, could he expose the way to stop Tom Brady? I don't know. Because then you have the, the flip side of that, which is Tom Brady has played against that defense a zillion times in practice. So, I don't know. I'm curious to see from a tactical standpoint what the Patriots do there. We're just going to finish up real quick with Tampa, though. My favorite fantasy player at his current ADP, Antonio Brown, wide receiver 46. I don't care if he's a crackhead or 
doing whatever in his spare time, burning his feet or throwing his helmet or doing whatever it is Antonio Brown does. This dude's a total beast. And he's going against wide receiver 46. You can get this man on your bench. On your bench. You don't even have to play him. And he's going to put up numbers that are in the same kind of, like a tier right below Godwin and Evans, who are both going as top 20 guys. Uh, Give me Antonio Brown all day. I don't want Chris Godwin or Mike Evans at their current ADP. I don't want any tight end on this team, Gronk, O.J. Howard, or Cameron Brait. You never know what's going to come of that. I definitely don't want any running back on this team with Leonard Fournette, Keyshawn Vaughn still there, Ronald Jones, Giovanni Bernard. No thank you, it's too crowded. The only player I will be selecting from this team if I have a chance is Antonio Brown. That's it. That's the answer, Antonio Brown. Uh, What are my expectations for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Can't wait to see you play the Packers or the Rams in the NFC Championship game. That's it. Like, they're going to be there unless, obviously, something happens to Brady. Um, They're a really good team. They're deep on defense. They have a good front seven. They're decent enough in the secondary. Their offensive line is solid. And obviously, like I just said, their skill position players are like four guys deep at every position. It's like insane. Um, So they'll be back in the NFC Championship game like absolute worst case scenario. So that's kind of what we got. Um, So give you before I give you a preview of next week, like I said to start the show here, if you like the episode, you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like the page. If you're on Spotify or Apple, do me a solid, rate and review, subscribe, share the podcast with a friend, a parent, family member, I don't really care, but if you like it and you know someone else who might like it, throw it out there to them. Check out the website, beakbrands.com. We still got baseball season going on. Got the NHL expansion draft incoming Wednesday night. So we got hockey pods for that. Like, we got stuff coming in. So check out the website. Obviously, follow at Beak Brands on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter uh, for, you know, some alerts to when we post material. All right, so next week, we're going to stay in the NFC. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the NFC North. I've been waiting to do them because I really don't want to because I know the second I record a podcast, Aaron Rodgers will be cut, released, retired, or traded uh, because that's just how my life works. We're going to do the NFC North. And I'm just going to hopefully assume that Aaron Rodgers is there or he's not there by the time I record it. So, listen, Green Bay, you got seven days to make my life easier. Um, But teams are reporting to training camp in the next few days. So hopefully we have an answer if Aaron Rodgers is actually there or not. All right? So that's what we got for today. A solid 45 minutes, give or take. Um, So that's kind of what we got. I will see you next week, or you'll see me, rather, I guess, if you're on YouTube there. And um, that's basically it. So, I mean, I'll talk to you next week, and we're out of here.